0: What is up, Asymmetry? Happy anniversary. Uh, that's right. Marai celebrating our 13th anniversary. Uh, and Ira and I taking a look back. Um, you know, in so many different ways, the the growth of Mirai and the expansion of bonsai in North America, the Western world, uh, potentially bonsai in and out of Japan. I mean, it's been an incredible Journey Thus far, full of, you know, flops and follies, successes and celebrations. And uh, the journey continues. That's, that's, that's all I have to say. Listen, the journey continues. We aspire, we quest, we accomplish, and it motivates us to see what else is possible. Uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy, and just know that we appreciate you all so very much for your support over the past 13 years. It's been a tremendous journey, and we are just warming up.
1: We had this yesterday. That was, there was a little bit of an obstacle to overcome. We've completed 13 years. As of today, actually. Today completes the 13th year. Tomorrow starts the 14th year. Wait, but is tomorrow today? is also the 13th anniversary.
0: Okay. So we've completed 13 years. And so you celebrate your 13th anniversary after you've completed it. And this is the whole thing of not being, of being zero years old.
1: Yeah. When you, on April 15th, 2010, that was zero days, months, and
0: years. I don't know why there is such an odd and unfathomable disconnect that I have between childhood birthdays and the existence of Mariah.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, what I I did notice is you were like talking about even your dad's birthday coming up or like someone was asking a question about something and you were like, he's going on whatever the number was, Uh which I thought, well, that's kind of how I used to talk about things. When I was a child. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Are you saying that I have an adolescent (laughs) perspective of the world? Of the birthday. It's possible. Of the birthday. You clearly have a
0: very damaged and skewed perspective of time. That is beyond a shadow of a doubt.
1: You were 15. No, what am I saying? Now I'm 15. I'm saying something. But you were 13 solid years into the vortex where time does not function the same as it does outside these five acres. Listen,
0: we're in the Mirai, and that's what's important to understand. Time. It doesn't exist here anymore, and if it does, it's because there's a, a wormhole folding it in half. You know what I'm saying? I agree. Somehow, I, agree. I feel like yesterday, we started repotting, and then all of a sudden, we looked up, and there were like
1: six trees done, and we were like, ah, ah what, what happened? We went full on Will Ferrell from uh, whichever, whichever one he's up on the, yeah, on the exactly. stage. Yeah, I blacked out for a second now, there. old school. It's when old he, school, there Yeah, it's is. when yeah. he
0: absolutely breaks it down for everybody. <laughs> Yeah. Laser. Laser beam. I need beam. you in the greenhouse. Yeah, now so so thirteen years of Mirai, beginning our fourteenth year. I think yep. it's only appropriate that your name be changed from Ira to Laser Beam. So
1: it was said, so it shall be done.
0: <sighs> Lonnie gave me a very good list of things that we could talk about. We're not just gonna freewheel it? Well, no, it's so uh, it was really interesting to look at the to look at the reel that Josh made, which was a soundbite from a lecture I gave to Cal Poly. That's like, in the library. It's in the library. It was a part of Mirai Live in the very beginning when we were trying to figure out what the heck this thing was, you know. And I'm going back to my alma mater to, which I, which was just like super cool to get to go back to Cal Poly and it's the nice horticulture department and, and to re, you know, to connect with fellow horticultural. Um, what would you call? What would you call like-minded people that live on the fringe of society? Uh, uh, fellow horticultural Columbia
1: County residents, <laughs>
0: oh. <laughs> fellow horticultural outcasts, the weirdos that like yeah. plants more than they can barefoot really explain, in the field, and certainly more than they can justify barefoot in the fields. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was interesting. It was interesting to uh, to hear that soundbite, which again I haven't thought about since. 10 minutes after I gave that lecture back in 2017. You were on to the next thing. Yeah, I was on to the next thing, but it's like, it was interesting to, to think about it because, um, it still rings true. It still rings true. There's got to be justification for the kind of <clears throat> frenetic activity that you perform here. Driving to work today. I was just like, I was buckling up literally by buckling up for what today entailed.
1: A lot has happened already. It is not quite noon, and we have a full day in somehow. Yeah, a
0: lot has happened. A lot is going to happen, uh, and the celebrations and festivities carry into the weekend. But it's like, I think it's a great discussion of be careful what you wish for, and certainly be careful what you ask for, because it just may happen. You know, and it's really, it's, it's spectacular as we look out of the windows at Mirai, as we repot yesterday, and it's like the routine of... The, the quote unquote routine repotting at Marai is that there is no routine. That's exactly right? what I was thinking. Like the this this notion that at some point I thought thirteen years in to Marai somehow things would have um, stabilized. And in a lot of ways things have stabilized tremendously. The team is rock solid. We know what we're trying to get done and what we want to accomplish you know as a company as an artist i know what i'm trying to accomplish with my body of work i feel you know and it's it's continually evolving but there i have clarity 13 years later uh there is no routine around the continual necessity to have to respond to the unpredictable events of the natural environment. (laughs) That is Mirai and the Western United States for that matter. There is no routine around that. And honestly, the backbone of Mirai being this exploration of context and all of the potential uh, secondary tertiary connections that the tree creates in our, you know, lived experience, right? Whether it's the urban environment, the natural environment, a sense of culture, place, you know, humanity, uh, reading the landscape, being able to dissect age. Sustenance. Absolutely. Resources, the complex relationship that we have with trees, right? 13 years later, it's just more complex. And I'm sitting here looking at it and going, oh my gosh, this is never going to get more simple. And in fact, that's that's kind of the beauty of it, right? Yeah, It's kind of the beauty of it. It's kind of what made like listening again, going back to that soundbite of like, this is, you know, I had a compulsion to do this. It it really wasn't something that like I,
1: well, maybe I could, I don't know what I'm doing. No,
0: I saw bonsai and I was like, that's what I'm going to do. And I don't, I still, to this day, don't know where that came from. I just, I saw it. I had an awareness of it. You know, whether it was via the Karate Kid or infomercials about Japan, you know, uh, on TV or um, seeing it in a garden center as a young kid a couple times in a couple different places. But it was like that moment that I saw uh, somebody at the local county fair purchasing a bonsai tree from some guy that brought a whole carload of them to sell and he does so every year and people every year are buying these trees and some people are keeping them alive and most people are killing them but like it was like that moment where it's like see it's like the dumb and dumber moment so you're telling me there's a chance more like one in a million Uh uh-huh yes (laughs) right off to the library all the books i could possibly carry on my bike overdue fines for months and months because I just figured, why would I write all these back down there just so I have to haul them all home? I'll just pay (laughs) the cost. I'll pay you the 15 cents a day. exactly. I I asked them if I could just buy all the books from them and they said no. Uh, So I I I just incurred a tremendous amount until I got my own book collection. But like, I don't know what that was. That day, I don't know what it was. And it's still the weirdest thing to me that uh, I feel so compelled to do this
1: yeah well i mean the material here i think is a big part of that conversation at least what i've been noticing this repotting season it's been a long repotting season they always are when you're trying to get 250 300 trees repotted yeah but the quality of the material is so incredible and the ceramics and the stones and the different choices and options and combining Mm -hmm. those Mm -hmm. with some of the more recent ones that have been just really stunning yeah it's like that i think helps keep the battery charged too it's like it's it's always inspiring yeah you know yeah the, what you can represent with the materials that we're using and you can be creative you can take three young kulik slabs and bolt them up together mm-hmm. a stone and two slabs or wh- however mm-hmm. that sure. you know was yeah. shaken out but you know a j cross with a rock and you know there's these different kind of options that yes we're still doing and then yesterday the engelman in a very traditional moko pot mm-hmm. but it's like all that variety and breadth is like it's just, it's incredible it keeps keeps the ba- keeps the blood pumping pretty fast Yeah, I I agree. That's interesting. I I guess I haven't haven't
0: thought about it from that perspective also of, you know, starting our 14th year, 13 years later, there was a time where people were like, where do we, where do we get a, where do we get a pot? Like, where do we get something that looks like that? And I still think today it's like, where do I get that pot? But having the tremendous amount of work from all of these artists and craftspeople around the world to be able to really honestly, I mean like cherry pick from, which is a beautiful aspect of Marai, I think in terms of the purity of our intention as a company, the web store was basically a place to make ceramics accessible during the repotting season. The, the whole reason for the web store was to have ceramics available during the repotting season because inevitably every repotting season, nobody had any pots. Right. All the ceramicists, if you ordered a pot during repotting season, you tie three, four, six months away from now. Sure. So if we had those, you know, but also for me, it was like, well, if I have three times the pots that I need on site, I can offer those to people. They have access to something and I can use what I need to get done what I need to get done. It was like a real community effort.
1: That's worked out pretty well. But
0: it's grown into something more because like What Jan Kulik has facilitated the ability to do with a larger representation of stone that has an accessible weight has really allowed us to defy a lot of physical limitations. What Horst's artistry has has allowed us to tap into in terms of context and design visual exploration has allowed us to grow our uh, calibration system of what does it mean to potentially create artistic compositions with the medium of bonsai, Jonathan Cross's work creating direct environmental, you know, context, uh, as well as, I think, really pushing the envelope of authentic, doable. It's like the real version of AI design in a tangible, tactile form. Like there's the there are these idyllic hypotheses of aesthetics that are coming from the AI realm on the internet right now, and 99% of those are never going to be accessible. Well, the 1% that would be accessible, who's making that vessel? Jonathan Cross is making that vessel. Who has the horticultural and technical capacity to put a tree in that vessel? Bonsai Mirai. Bonsai Mirai has that capacity, you know? And I think that's freaking cool, man. It's like a very futuristic, very futuristic. Uh, and I feel like we really tapped into some of that futuristic concept this year, specifically, specifically this year repotting.
1: Yeah, for sure. Even like the young Kulik combined with the horse for that boxwood was one that just really popped kind of well, the a Jan couple Kulik months ago with
0: the J cross for the Juniper. I mean, it's like, yeah, sure. Sure. Absolutely. Um, and I think the horse Heinzel writer, uh, painted the entire painted line of pots is like, I think that's profound on a, you know, is it a
1: the color story is unique? Is
0: it a Le Corbusier brutalistic architecture meets you know color theory and exploration? Is it is it uh, is it Andy Warhol pop art? But yeah, it it can be all of those things. And how exciting is that that bonsai and the form of the tree can both be inspired and inform that kind of a body of work i don't know where that has
1: been accessible in bonsai to date i don't know anybody that's done that those colors i feel like they're maybe have been seen a little bit with more accent Mm -hmm. pots and containers you know it's like but to but to take that and like put actual normal size bonsai trees in in something like that it's like i don't know that i've seen that
0: yeah 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 it's interesting entering the 14th year like the the optimism that uh, I feel through what we're aesthetically, the boundaries we're aesthetically pushing right now. But you know what else I notice <laughs> in this observation that stability as far as the environmental level is is, is really never going to probably be a part of things. And accepting that, uh, I do enter the 14th year with a tremendous amount of confidence that we are pretty dialed in on nutrition. Or at least have the capacity to alter nutrition in ways that will dramatically change uh the response of the tree and the process of bone type for us that yeah. that that is a like the health of the garden the structures that we've committed to entering our 14th year that we're going to be you know learning and utilizing this year in the garden the change to mirai as a facility uh with the with the destruction of the house and now
1: the rebirth oh the and rebirth the, third story the phoenix rises
0: from the flames of destruction laser beam make me a house sir yes sir yeah
1: that's (laughs) god that's classic you feel good about the health of the trees it's been a little different yeah it's a different process than i think anybody would have been feels less reactive now yeah yeah there's a little more comfort there's a little more comfort if you see just a slight (sighs) discoloration you're like oh we, we saw that last year it was a calcium or you know it was Calcium and phosphor, like whatever, whatever the action reaction, it doesn't feel like uh, the panic is gone.
0: I don't think I don't I don't feel like we are. Uh, I don't think there's so many unknowns. I think there's still a lot of unknowns. Don't get me wrong, no. but I don't think there's not the scary unknown of what is happening. It's like uh, I we we can kind of tell you now we can kind of tell ourselves at least we can deduce oh. we at least can form a plan we have actionable items that can correct the course of trees that are headed in the wrong direction like yeah, that's totally. that's uh th- that that's a that's a gift that's a gift in the bo- in the bonsai realm where you care for trees so intimately and these trees are so incredibly special time capsules historical pieces uh preser- preservation of landscapes Gone by fire and and the, those irregular and unexpected, uh, you know, actions of Mother Nature, like some of these trees, you know, really carry with them so much more than just some concept of like, oh, that's a really neat little tree. It's like, well, <laughs> you know, maybe, meh, meh, yeah, that belonged maybe. to a guy named John Naka. Maybe you uh-huh. heard of John him. Naka, Katsumi yeah. Kenosha Yeah, sure, yeah. absolutely. I thought. That that was really a special part of the trip to Italy this last time was working on some historical trees, both Italian historical trees, as well as, and speak of the devil, a little little a little, little, shout little, a little, a little shout out, a little shout a out, little overseas bur- little honing, honing pigeon from Italy, um, but also getting to work on the 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 taxes, the Camaro taxes, the taxes yeah. cook, food, tree. Redesigning a tree that had, you know, sort of long standing and iconic relationship with Mr. Kimura and not redesigning it uh, because out, out of, out of ego, but just out of the fact that the tree had lost parts of the tree that had that
1: base had rotted away, and base and,
0: had significantly yeah. deteriorated. It had gotten quite overgrown and large. Yeah, that, I mean that's like good. That's good mojo. Yeah. That's good vibes. Moving that's delicate, forward. sensitive work, though. And I do feel like in my fourteenth year, giving. my bonsai practice personally giving myself to bonsai (sighs) has really meant and I and I vocalized this for students uh in the last class showing each tree the kind of attention it deserves you know like and I think that's that's sort of just a shift in life I'm trying to make is uh stop trying to handle so many things at such a rapid pace in mass and really trying to slow down my mind to give each thing that focused attention, and you know when you give it to something, right?
1: It responds to it. Responds. It's it, different than it, just a quick it, and human dirty human relationship.
0: Yeah. You're talking and you're half listening versus you're talking and you're fully engaged and you're locked in. The product of that conversation, those two conversations, is going to be entirely different, right? Oh, absolutely. On both on both parties' experience, you know, and for the tree, you're not locked into a tree. Bad news, man.
1: Yeah, mine's might, might as well just walk away. Come back with your when your when your mind's right, ready to give it the attention it deserves. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But that comes at a sacrifice. You know that you're not going to get to it all. Can you wrap your mind around that too? That's a toughie. That's a toughie. Especially when you've got the numbers and the responsibility. Um
1: there are a lot of trees here.
0: But that's also where the team, you know, rock solid team. You say things have become consistent or things I thought, you know, things would get consistent. The consistencies have empowered us to kind of put that sort of intention into the work that we're doing right now.
1: Yeah. Hearing you talk about getting the nutrition dialed in, which I know has been a big shift from kind of like the, you know, bio gold, you know, disease pest management as you need it. That whole transition over the past 18 plus months, it, it makes me just think a little bit about kind of, and I've been watching some Mariah life or other projects that we're doing, you know, older stuff and, and looking back at what we've done. Uh, so much of it is just building the toolkit and you yeah. al- you've always kind of been talking about this. Hey, the skills, the information, the knowledge was not readily accessible. The books that you were getting as a kid didn't give you the technical example or information to be able to do it. And like what Mariah's done over, over six years now, we're mm-hmm. in year seven on that, mm-hmm. you know, and that information continuing to evolve and putting it out there. It's like, that has given empowered anybody who's watched those videos or, mm-hmm. you know, some or most or all of them, yeah. uh, the ability to make things that they weren't able to make before. That's where, and that with the ceramics that have entered the, yeah. the, the world, it's like the ability to create is like just expanding where people can kind of do whatever we want, you know, and all these people that have helped like you've helped Mariah has helped, you know, but people have also helped Mariah. It's like this kind of, it's this like cohesive relationship that just keeps expanding. And it's been, it's pretty powerful, you know, I mean, it's, it's been exciting to see that. And, and we don't always stop and look back. I mean, this part of the podcast topic today is to talk about the anniversary and that does tend to make you look backwards and forwards, Sure, but it's like, it's, it's been a really beautiful relationship with so many people that you can't name them all people you don't even
0: know. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's tough to look back. It's it's know. Uh, I, I, I have I have, I have to be really on. I have to be really honest, you know, because like it's like, not all rainbows in, and puppy entering, dogs. Entering the entering the fourteenth year of Mariah, it's like I don't think people realize what a dogfight it's been to build Mariah, uh, because there's so many factors that are acting, you know, continually on life in general. And it really has been sort of like a, a clawing and scraping to get here. I think it's, <clears throat> you know, you look, at, you look at what's been made and it's like, oh, it seems like they might have an idea of what they're doing. And even some people might look at it and say they, they have it pretty figured out. But it's like, you know, when you start with a big ambition to, to, to make that a, a fruitful reality. And, and I realized this during my apprenticeship, seeing I'm working with Mr. Camara 30 years into his career in a fully built facility and experiencing the fruits of 30 years of his accumulated knowledge and techniques after an 11 year apprenticeship, after going to horticulture school, after having operated an Akadama company and found ways to survive. You know, he found ways to survive. He fabricated his own equipment, made his own tools and stuff, you know? And it's like, I, I didn't, come back to the United States and say, oh, I'm going to do the exact same thing. I said, I want to have a garden that is of the caliber of the best gardens in Japan, but filled with interpretations of the native landscape and culturally accurate work that allows bonsai to be that vehicle that connects culture, nature, and the individual. That was the goal of Mariah, an incubator for concepts, you know, and and, and those were the broad concepts that created The community the collaborations the artistic input uh the information the influence but like looking at it it's like okay so what i'm just hypothesizing what mr kimura wanted to accomplish with bonsai he had to do those things i think i recognize more than anything now it was there wasn't a choice because they didn't exist unless he made them himself and i think it's been very similar for us like the, the 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 tools that we needed have not existed you know, mm-hmm. or uh, we've had to modify them or build them ourselves. Like I think the, the work that we needed to actualize our visions, a lot of those things we've had to make ourselves. We've had to build the facility to be able to support it uh, in this environment, current climate, etc. cetera. You know, yeah. so it's, it's like, oh, I see. I see how that journey, I see how that narrative arc occurs. I also see how grinding it can be you also start to recognize the ups and downs in the larger wave, you know, of, of growth and evolution on the narrative arc of being a human, the ups and downs, you know, if you uh, magnified uh, 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 the surface of a pancake to the scale of Kansas, Kansas actually is flatter than a pancake.
1: Oh, this is the same thing. Yeah, I and love if you this magnify now, yeah. the
0: surface of a cue ball to the size of the Himalayas, uh, the mountains and imperfections on a cue ball would be larger than Mount Everest. Yeah, I, right? love, on that. The same I love that. Scale. Yeah, so, I love <laughs> So, so like when you start to magnify this, thirteen, starting our fourteenth year of this journey, and I would say the the narrative arc has been super positive. Inside of that, man, the tooth and nail scrapping to 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 figure this whole thing out get by continue moving forward i mean we've had a couple curveballs major curveballs we've had major setbacks gotta stay back don't get out of that front foot honestly uh for me that's where being blessed uh or cursed depending on what day you look at it with just the compulsion to give myself to this has been really the only thing that's allowed this to continue to persevere
1: Be pretty easy to walk away, or would have been. A few, a few. There were a a number of times times where I wanted to walk away. There were,
0: and people asked me this about my apprenticeship: Did you ever want to walk away? And it was like there were two times that I wanted to quit my apprenticeship. I won't expand on them. Uh, Have you ever wanted to walk away from Marai? There are, there are three solid moments that stand out in the past thirteen years where I was ready to walk away from Mirai. You know, but you look at the cumulative progression of things and it's like are you willing it's easy it's easy to pull the plug that's the easiest thing that i would have done in the past 13 years and people say oh that must be so hard the relief of letting go of the rope would be tremendous you know it's a lot of responsibility trees are responsibility the the delivering to the community is a responsibility you know, delivering to the team and the team having to deliver, there's a lot of pressure dynamics that in, in, in are involved in that. But the fundamental fact of the matter is, it's like, we've just come too far. We've just come too far. Things have changed so much in, in, in 13 years. Do, do, you know, and I was talking about this on the stream, in the world of bonsai, maybe across the globe, maybe not. Uh, but I would say in the established bonsai communities of the world, Multi flush pine is an accepted vernacular now. Multi flush pine, accepted vernacular. Short needle single flush pine. These notions of running junipers and mounding junipers—that
1: stuff didn't exist. Did we talk about this already in a podcast? Maybe. I mean, the vernacular thing has come comes up from time. Has to it time. come up just because it's like people didn't? You've established, you know, elongating species like the, like well, these kinds of things. And it was things. just out
0: of necessity, right? just out of necessity to accomplish what we wanted to accomplish, you know, to, to, to be able to quantify this information. Anyways, I digress. I'm digging back into old subject matter, but it, but the, I think these are like the historical markers that come up in my head. When, when you start to, you start to look back, like you said, on an anniversary, when you start to look back,
1: these sure. things. Yeah. I mean, hearing you talk about that, and obviously at this place, even just since we were first visited in 2017, and the changes, you know, old greenhouse, new greenhouse, lower pad, lower display, you know, like the things that keep expanding and the facilities, um, you know, the upgrading of the garden structure to have a dual purpose, you know, all these things. And it's like, I know you and you and I have talked because we're going through these projects together and talking about what's the next thing and when's this going to be done. And sometimes it feels like, okay, we're kind of close. And like, if we got to point X, mm-hmm is that, I mean, there's always something to come back and clean up, finish, touch up. Like, when, when do you say, hey, I, I kind of did it. I kind of did what I was looking yeah. for. I have I've I have been successful at my goals and ambitions and eye because it's kind of not, it's not really, when you're doing something on a compulsory feeling, it's like you're, in a way, you maybe you're never really done, but there still are moments where you're like, hey, that was a good show. That was a great stream. I mean, mm-hmm. there's small moments that were like, what does it look like? maybe on a grander scale or, you know, when's the, when's the tank full? When's the tank empty? I don't, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We had that, we had that hardcore discussion in the greenhouse repotting. This is what happens, (laughs) right? Where it's like all of a sudden we were just deep in the portal of like life, future meaning. Um, I I actually think this might be the most unhealthy part of bonsai for me is, is this discussion. Not that I shy away from it, but I think, uh, definitely functioning off of a compulsion an undefined compulsion and i think it's like uh you know i i definitely am a pursuit of perfection kind of a person i i certainly want to excel i i really like to try and define boundaries and then try and push them or break them or expand certainly aesthetics have become a tremendous priority uh, of exploring the aesthetic outlying capacity. Of the tree, you know. I mean, and it's like, it's created by five thousand unfathomable years of visual history in a single standing organism of the bristlecone pine. That's you know really pushes me here today, and and all of the ancient trees of the world. But it's like, when does it stop? When do you feel? Because I think that's part of like, ooh, entering our fourteenth year, busier than ever. My my mind might be running at its most, its most rampant RPM. And I think it's like I'm learning how to channel that energy to focus. We are repotting right now. Channel that energy into that repotting and give it everything you have. We are finalizing an app right now. Put everything you have into each possible nook and cranny of the customization of this tool that you're building, right? Like we are designing a structure for the garden. Put every ounce of creative and technical experience, knowledge, know-how, and capacity into this concept right here and now. At the end of the day, it's like, whew, there's not much gas left in the tank. You know, there's not much gas left in the tank. And and when does it stop if there isn't an end goal in sight? Because Mariah is a never-ending vision. I don't know. That haunts, that really does haunt me. It really, like, it feels like the most unhealthy part of it to me. Like, when is there a, When is there a uh, an end? When do you hit the finish line?
1: The trees never stop growing, uh, and, and that's, I, that's the, thing. the whole the whole thing just, it, yeah, it just just ties into the perp-
0: the perpetuity the whole the whole thing yeah. it never stops. And I've joked about it like this is I've uh, like literally created my own personal hell to a degree, <laughs> but like but like I'm so in love with the subject matter and the process, and what better thing than to like do what you love to do for a living on a daily basis? I couldn't imagine doing anything else, and also it keeps me up at night. You know, it keeps me up at night, it, and it and it continues to drive and motivate. And it and so, somewhere in here, I think you do shift from like craft and business professional, and that's like one mind. But you also shift into sort of the 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 slightly uh, tormented mind of creative artist, uh, like the that odd you know, existence that occurs that obviously demands really thinking outside of the box on a continuum. And I really enjoy that too. I enjoy the, I enjoy the, the creative engagement. Maybe that's what I enjoy, enjoy the most. The yeah. Most there's an oscillation. Huh? Yeah, there's like
1: an oscillation with what your, your role <sighs> can't do anything all the time. Yeah. Your, your role here, I mean, I'm still kind of trying, always trying to understand, because it's just there's so there's so many thi- there's so many things that happen here, in your role as the leader, visionary. I mean, it's your baby, you know, and there's so much good input from so many people, in having to jump from practical, technical, artistic, you know, like organizational. Like mm-hmm. this there's just a lot of skill sets that go into making this place what it's become and where it's going to continue to go. Yeah. And it's, it just, uh, I mean, all of us have to where a couple of, it's still, still a small team. It's not, we don't have a thousand employees or a hundred employees. Even
0: know? if we did, I, I don't know that you could actually lock in and define things to a degree that a common business could. I really don't. I, 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 from the beginning, I thought it was an outlier. It's continued to be an outlier that people look at and they go, how the, what, how do you even make this work? And it's like, I I always have to laugh because, like, through Mirai Live, we occasionally get, like, correspondence, not very often, but occasionally we get correspondence of somebody saying, man... You know, all Ryan has to do is like a and a and a live stream every week. Can't he do X, Y and Z? Like the guy isn't and it's just like, oh man.
1: It would be so different. <laughs> it would be so different. You wouldn't have any stress, that man. That would be, that, that five-hour that would be sounds life. Yeah, that would be luscious. Life. Yeah,
0: yeah, that would be scrumptious yeah, and that, then I'd just go and the, hang they, out. They
1: didn't hear about the, uh, the Sunday we have ahead of us pumping out water from those footings and getting ready for a concrete board. <laughs> and digging out all of the muck. Playing yeah. rock rebar, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll squeeze that in on a Sunday since that's uh-huh. uh, that's our that's our our downtime.
0: But I love that. I I also love that part of Mariah. Like this place has pushed me to become such a more independent, capable individual. Just from the perspective of being able to, first of all, knowing a place, like having your hands on every corner of a place. You know, every pipe, every electrical conduit, every every water. Uh, you know, gas line, everything in the ground I put in the ground. There's only one, there's only one electrical line in the ground I didn't put in the ground and we're replacing it. Oh, that's, (laughs) which is the main line to the house. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So there, there, there will, there will come a point where literally every single piece in the ground, every rock wall, every every, rock wall, every rock has been stacked you know, with with that same level of detail. And I think you feel it when you come. I think people get it and feel it. And each tree, it, wa- watching trees leave Mirai and watching what they become, you know, under the talented group of people that you know supports us i think encourages us and also has has benefited in that support the mutuality of benefited from the information we've been able to put out there and and i think really beautiful and accessible ways and the creative team is second to none on a level of being able to visually represent how to pursue this art form i i think you know i'm super proud of our creative team and what we've made but like when you see our trees in their hands um the shift of the aesthetic to a more attentive, potentially more attentive uh, relationship with the tree here, you know, like our trees are, I, and I I think I look at this with like any deciduous material that's gone to Sergio Kwan oh, or um, I look at, <clears throat> you know, potentially coniferous material that's gone to a professional or an intense hobbyist that has a smaller collection of trees. It's like, there is going to be a shift of aesthetic with that greater degree of tension. <clears throat> I really get a lot out of seeing our trees experiencing the tightening and the loosening and the maturation of age. And I and I certainly identify with our approach here out of necessity as much as anything, but this is how a garden in and in a, in a bonsai practice informs the aesthetic of your trees. Is We just can't pay so much, attention be like having 10 kids versus two kids. You know, it's like, you just can't give 10 kids the same kind of attention as a parent as you can give two kids. It's a, it's a logistical issue. Right. And I think the trees benefit from that here. If, if the wild aesthetic, which like we've, you know, I always thought, okay, here's Walter Paul, here's Dan Robinson, here's, you know, Masahiko Kimura, uh, as sort of this North star here's, you know, really rigid, dedicated, traditional Japanese bonsai and formalists. And then somewhere in the middle of that triad, I felt like there was like a Western representation with the level of craft, technique, and understanding of aesthetics. Understanding that you don't always want a tree to be tight. Understanding that you don't always wire every branch because there's different moments to enjoy a tree. Really, it's the amalgamation of those things. There's somewhere in the middle that I always... viewed Mariah as potentially having this capacity to convey
1: or connecting all those dots.
0: Sure. Or exploring them and, and some pieces carrying some of this and some of that. And that's really where like 14 years in, as I walked through the garden, the diversity, the diversity of form and handling and technique and ceramic relationship and style and other artists influence. And it's just like, it's really quite a rich stew at this point in the garden that i don't know people i think people come here and they think ryan neal wants this to be like this but it's like but also Mariah's a garden acted on this tree you know the 117 degree heat altered all kinds of things here you know the winter altered all kinds of things here i was just looking at one of the bald cypress in the greenhouse is not budding out on a major branch and it's like oh that's that's gonna change. That I don't know why that happened. We're developing more tools, but like let I, I've learned to let go of that more now, and I think that is probably a characteristic of people who have longevity in bonsai is learning to sort of let go of the rope a little bit. There. there are some
1: things that are gonna be out of everyone's control, right?
0: The the mystery of the cosmos of bonsai are are mm-hmm. partially involved in this like unfathomable ability to like control, but but I think seeing the aesthetics that have risen out of like talented students that have studied at Mariah for prolonged periods of time, students that have become professionals, students that have become serious hobbyists. Uh, it's, it's, it, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. There's a lot of input in one singular location. There's a lot of, there's a lot of patina on a youthful operation like bonsai Mariah already just because of the prolific quantity which I think is a big part of like a, a, a worthy body of work is there is a necessity for prolific production to work out and massage all of these threads for sure.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Can't have it. Can't have it without. And now
0: that. you're a part of that prolific. Production. Prolific. Prolific. guy. <laughs> yeah. Troy, Troy certainly was like the backbone of, yeah. And, and really built the foundation and, uh, I, I understand the pressure that he was under for sure. You know, in trying to like find everybody's got to reconcile this action of bonsai themselves, how it engages with their life intertwines, how much you can tolerate, where's your threshold, you know? And like, what, where does it stop being fun? Where does it, where, where is it valuable? Where is it challenging? Or how are you going to wrestle with that? Are you going to adjust? Are you going to try to adjust the, the art to you, the trees to you? It's like, that's Big questions. These are like life themes. And you're working with a rock. That's right. That's right. And <laughs> how much? Can you, and how much can you adjust that? You know, <laughs> if you want that rock to be leveraged out this far, can you come up with the the capacity to execute that? That's not accepting those limitations.
1: Yeah, I was thinking during that last little part. You know, for you, you, you come back from Japan, 2010. You know your relationship with the bonsai community you know as a young professional a lot of travel there's a whole that's a whole phase of your
0: your yeah. life as a bonsai professional sure
1: you know continuing to build the garden getting established enough that you can have people come here to you and you don't have to go out there as much yeah you still do go out obviously a lot and then the Mariah Live shift in in 2017 it's like now the reach is you know Uh the timing with technological advances and live streaming and that was honestly go back to 2017 and think who who all was live streaming this was not like now it's a very popular thing anybody can do it with the phone practically you know with some sophistication or whatever but at that time it's like that was cutting edge shit we were live streaming as a company
0: before facebook had even figured out how to live stream reliably and dependably I mean, like when you look at what we did with a very small group of people and, a, and a, just a really exceptionally talented group of people
1: it's freaking out of control yeah 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 but but i think we're
0: i'm sorry to cut
1: you oh off, no no that's but. good that's that's part of it and I, I just i just wonder what you think about your relationship with the bonsai community because you had a reach as an i mean it was it's changing you still have individual connection points we have people that come here on site you still have collections that you help with or or mm-hmm. certain students mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. you're, you're a presenter but it's it just continued to kind of evolve mm-hmm. and it's a, it's been a little bit of a snowball or maybe a lot of a snowball for you it's like Now it's like if you go to the trophy, you know, in twenty twelve or thirteen, you would have been you know a young professional with good pedigree. Here I am doing this thing. If you go now, it's like, well, oh, there's a lot of Mariah Live people. That Mm -hmm. your ability to touch the community, them to touch you and Mariah, like it's like yeah, yeah, it's just it's really grown, you know. And I mean, thank you to the community for like making that happen because I mean, it's a cohesive thing it doesn't just happen because Very you put energy into it yeah. like they put energy in it's sure. been anyway what, what do you think about how your early days and maybe middle and now and
0: yeah i mean the continual strand of dna is trying to push the envelope uh raise the level high tide raises all ships what, what i think a lot of people don't realize is that ultimately i i'm sure that there are people doing bonsai because they love teaching um and, and I completely respect that, like being a teacher, being able to teach something in a manner that allows people to connect with it, access it, make it their own and turn it into their own knowledge, process, approach, body of work, etc. That's That's like a, a, a skill set that I think I probably gained being an older apprentice to younger apprentices at a facility that I had. Uh, tremendous amount of pride as a foreigner not being the weak link in the heritage and lineage of Mr. kramer's apprentices. Um, so so there's like some built in capacity I already had, um, plus that sort of relationship that I developed there. But I think when you see people who truly excel at an art form, they are compelled by the action of answering questions Um, that they have with the medium that they have created the toolkit knowledge techniques to be able to facilitate and push the boundaries of. And, you know, ultimately, my curiosity and aspirations in teaching was always to see if we could create more culturally accurate, authentic and honest native reflections, as well as could we advance beyond the Japanese model? You know, can we create trees that are that? Have we hit the upper limits, or is there more? And I firmly believe there's more. Um, But empowering people and democratizing technique technique is the limitation to aesthetic vision, because if you can't think of how to do it, you can't even think to do it. Or maybe you stop at, "I would like to do this, but I don't know how." Right, and that continues to be the limitation for us is how do we technically facilitate these things and we had to go into nutrition we had to go into horticulture and care we had to go into you know engineering on a grand scale we had to shift materials uh through the hands of other artists to have those pieces to be utilized but that continues to be the motivation is putting the information in people's hands so that they can start to create that. own own that information, make it their practice and their body of work, and start to create compositions that are reflective of your ideas and perceptions of the form of the tree and its relationship and expression of the environment. And that's really when it gets fun. And we're only just starting to begin to be able to do that. You know, mariah has been exploring how do we do that in our own way. We've been giving techniques to help people do that. Um, but the live stream breaking new ground, you know, and doing so six years ago, it's like, you know, there's a, you know, there's a timeline to every piece of technology, you know, there's a, a, a continual adaptation and adjustment of the way society and a technology driven um you know, era that we're in is continuing to adapt at a more rapid and rapid pace. And it just means you have to continue to create new tools that number one, empower for me, empower me to continue doing what I do better so that I have more ideas and more answers to continue propelling this community that I think does lean on us a lot and I'm happy for them to be here. Right. But also meets them where they're at in terms of their functionality. And so going back to Mariah live and looking at it six, you know, now in our seventh year, it's like it, it, I've always known it needed to continue to evolve. And that's, that's where we've put our intentions and our energy is, is growing and evolving that. Cause yeah, we go to the trophy and now a lot of people know about us. Can we offer them more? Oh, I think so. I think so. I think we've learned a lot. And I think technology has advanced a lot. And I think there's more opportunity to create more uh, democ- democracy around technique to empower the artistic vision in bonsai. And it's like, what happens in the next six to seven years with the next tool that we launch that sure. will 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 for sure change bonsai? Yeah, I have exciting. no doubt what we are building will change bonsai um, for the better.
1: Have you seen the quality... I think mean, the answer is going to be yes, but you know, in the United States, bones. I mean, there's a lot of other professionals that do really good work, and this has been a good period, I think, the last 15 ish years yeah. for that growth. But I, I have to think, from a little bit selfish personal perspective, you know, Mariah's has had a big reach because mm-hmm. of the stream, yeah. and it's like I've only been to the one U.S. national show. You've been to maybe all but one of them or something. It's right. like, what do you? What have you seen just in the United States? evolving and changing because your your point about like you know the democratization of the toolbox uh-huh. hey everybody gets the tools right we're all putting it out there put it out there you know yeah so it seems like even just looking at the old older albums that we have here it seems like the quality continues to rise <clears throat> I think that... maybe that doesn't have to be the national show, but I just mean like, you know, brought more
0: broadly across the United States. I think this is one of like the really fascinating uh, intersections of culture that I've witnessed in bonsai at the time that I came into bonsai at the age I was at with the ambition that I had and the background that gave me the ability to tease out these threads. But what made Japanese bonsai so good was a built-in cultural understanding and i would say potentially even an inability or hesitation to celebrate the achievement you know and this was the apprentice model of uh you know your master not giving you that positive reinforcement because that that does cause people to take their foot off the gas and in western culture being acknowledged and celebrated as an individual does uh does potentially you know and there's there's trade-offs to this it's not a black or white good or bad it's a gray area does potentially cause people to become more complacent you know what i'm saying so like the celebration of an achieved level potentially has there have been periods of motivation in the united states where i think we recognize that we were we were not as proficient at bonsai as other cultures in the world I think there is a continual aspiration and desire to create bonsai that are among the highest level of bonsai created in the world. I think when we celebrate that to any degree, we lose a little bit of momentum in achieving what we have the capacity to achieve. Yeah. And so where we're at is not has it continued to improve? Yes, it's continued to improve, but there have been good shows and bad shows, there have been positive progression and progression and some recession depending on years, you know, periods of years. Um, etc and I would say that I would say that you also have a changing of the guard of personalities that are pushing the envelope uh, and the level of bonsai in the different regions of North America and the Western world in general you know I think Australia has a uh, ha- has had these movements I think that you know whether you talk about the Koroshofs whether you talk about the creation of the National Collection in Canberra whether you talk about you know the work that Hugh and David and some uh, uh, Sam. And Jared and yeah. Sam are, are doing, you know, and it's like, and but, but then you got to go back and you got to pay homage to Quentin and the sure. OGs that started using native material. So it's like, it's like that in every Boneside culture. And, and the narrative arc is over such a greater period of time. If you look at John Naka's books, and you look at pictures from Anaheim in the 80s when Mr. Kimura first visited, and you look at Michael Hagedorn's garden, Boone's garden, uh, you look at the Pacific Bonsai Museum, the Huntington Collection North, the the, the National, National Arboretum, Arboretum and... I'm sure Bjorn's garden. I'm sure, um, you Sergio's, know the Asheville collection yeah. with Arthur Jura, Sergio's capacity. Um, you know, you look at what Todd Schlafer is doing. Just like you, you know, and, and
1: everybody, you can't think about
0: of the top. Of your oh, head totally. Also, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, you got Bill Valvanis and Soothan and all these. I mean, it's like when you when you look at all of that, I would assume that we have progressed considerably, progressed considerably on the long scale, where we sit in 2023 compared to 2015. Like when the Artisans Cup happened, that was like a kaboom. And then the success of 2016 national show, uh, that was a real, it was like a super hot fire, you know, mm-hmm. and there's a ramping up to it. That was a really steep progression because there was an objective at the end of it and i think that you've seen sort of ripples and and the national show has continued to be this steadfast backbone that keeps the level where it where it got to does it continue to raise the level i don't know that's if that's what the national show is there to do is the Kokfu still there to raise the level in japan or is it there to celebrate the level that's been achieved uh you know uh, the Ginkgo Awards raised the level in Europe and then they stop. you know, stopped. And then is the trophy there to raise the level or is the trophy there to maintain the level uh, that has been achieved? you know these are these are big questions for the future i think they're big questions for the future for professionals in any given bonsai community as far as a economy around bonsai i think there are questions around the 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 product of the effort of teaching and spreading the knowledge and information i think there are questions around where do you spread your energy as a bonsai professional f- for these different motivations and potential you know risk reward outcomes on a community level personal level artistic level etc it's like a very complex model. At, at this point, you know, in the, entering our fourteenth year, coming back from Japan, and nobody thought you could turn a Rocky Mountain Juniper or a Ponderosa Pine into a viable bonsai. Where we are now, I mean, it, it, it's like it's like going from the Dark Ages, you know. And yet, man, what a what a complex discussion of how do you progress now? There's so many more options on the table of how you move forward and where you put your energy and what you do and where the value is found.
1: Yeah, that just that last part just ties right back into like building the toolkit. because before before and, and before that it. happened we nobody need more
0: sophisticated tools to answer that question. Yeah. We yeah. need more sophisticated tools to answer that question. And guess who's building those tools? Bones Amari. Bones Amari. Bones Yeah. Yeah, and I don't I I, I really I don't toot my hor- own horn very often and I certainly am not trying to toot my own horn here, but uh I Time Mirai was created to be what I always hoped I could find and had to go to Japan for. And even there, I didn't quite get it because it was an, it was inaccessible, it was secretive. The knowledge to be able to achieve Mr. Kimura's, in, to be able to achieve the visions that he had were secret, you know, and it's like, okay, so now you put that out there. Well, there's a lot of other things that happen with that, both good and bad. You could potentially look at Mariah Live and say Mariah Live may have been the death of certain aspects of really valuable bonsai culture. I could also see it from that perspective. I don't believe that, or else I wouldn't sure. have done it, yeah. right? But like, yeah. it's a matter. It is a matter of perception, and certainly the future is. I would say more wide open now. You can be an American-trained bonsai practitioner now, and you can make a living as a bonsai professional in North America. This is almost this was almost an impossibility 14 years ago.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Awesome.
0: Awesomeness. Awesomeness. Yeah. yeah. It's big. I think so. I think it is. It's at least big enough to warrant the effort that we put into it. You know, or at least, I, or or I feel it's important enough to do so. Yeah. It was important enough for you to move here. Yeah, yeah, there was that. <laughs> uh, no, podcast is one of my most favorite things that we do. But honestly, like the repotting season this year was something I've never experienced before. Not in terms of quantity; we've we've done the numbers. Each piece. Oh yeah, they're take, special. Taking it yeah. and maxing it out. It was something I have not experienced before. I've made exceptions. I've I've cut corners. I've I've gotten things done just to get them done and this year it was just like that's not what we're doing here that's not what we're doing not i mean from the from from the most accessible piece of nursery stock to the most complex you know trees we repotted over the past two three days it's just like now each one of these is going to get it and it's um it's added a lot more stress and a lot more fatigue but uh it's, it's like good stress, though. It, it's me- I felt good at the end
1: of the day. I've been very tired at the end of the day because it's like mental and there's a lot of physicality with the big pieces, you know. But it's like, it's like a good tired. I try to not get too optimistic
0: because I think I ride a high after repotting where I feel like the garden is going to be the best it's ever been. Uh, And then inevitably spring hits and there's disease and there's pests and there's, you know, setbacks and issues and there's aftercare and there's really good trees that don't respond as well to the repotting and you got to nurture them. But I do feel like uh, uh, I do feel like we've done something different this year that um, with our combined knowledge of the physiology, nutrition and management of some of the issues that really um, impact us here at Mariah, I think we're going to I think I think. I think the garden is in an entirely different position than it's ever been to date. I, I, I think we're about ready to see something that we've never seen before.
1: We're not going to celebrate too much because we let it, We got to keep pushing forward. We got to keep pushing but forward, we're, but we're going to have a good day today. And tomorrow's <laughs> going to be a good day. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> Yeah, and it's possible that on Monday, I'm like, has, this has oh, never been yeah. worse. It's never been worse. <laughs> oh, God, the rain, the bopsis, Oh, God. <laughs> but hopefully wisdom is, uh, is, is making those knee-jerk reactions less and less powerful.
1: Yeah, right? by the time this one's out, uh for people to listen to we would have had our uh mariah meetup in downtown portland so if you were there it was great seeing you i feel some peoples
0: our yep. folks. Yeah, good vibes yep. yeah lots and lots and lots and lots lots of bones i love spreading throughout the world these days yes sir love you guys thanks for 13 solid years of just really something special together and um and we can't wait. I, you know, I get too enthusiastic and start talking about things before I should, but, um, but we've been building something special for everybody. So it's coming.